You know, uh, I, I just ate a whole bunch of meat and I just have, I have nothing funny to say to open this podcast. I, my brain is just not functioning. It's, uh, it's a little slow. It's sort of like I was down at the Open Stack Summit uh, the other day and uh, I had just had a lovely barbecue lunch at, uh, at Rudy's. Everyone likes Rudy's. You know, sure. it's fine. Although I go there and I overhear people saying like, this is, this is the best barbecue ever anywhere. And I'm like, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. It's just like, this is like a good $10 bottle of wine from H-E-B. It'll get yeah. the job done. It doesn't make you kill yourself. But it's yeah. like, not awesome. It's like, I mean, it's like uh, Rudy's is my kid's favorite place to get breakfast tacos because they have sure. pig in a blanket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we, we had gone there, my wife and I, for lunch on Tuesday. And this is the first day I was at the OpenStack show floor. What do you call that? An expo hall? Yeah, Tables? Sure. And it had that, it had that, that white noise, like that you're in a big hall. Yep. And I also just ate like half a pound of brisket. And I was talking with someone and I guess mid-sentence, I just started staring off and they looked at me and they're like, you okay? And I realized that I was just like forced inadvertently into this like conference meditation by the lack of blood, I guess, in my head because it went down to my stomach to digest the beef. And then also just that, that white noise sound. I was just like, this, I'm feeling really serene. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, after I've had uh, several servings of lamb, sausage, prime rib, something that they call the, uh, not the passion de or something. It's all in Portuguese, so I don't know how to speak that, ah. you know, or any language. But uh, man, so much meat. So much meat. <laughs> are you, uh, you going to get a uh, recurring dose or a, uh, another dose uh, Sunday night for the, the DevOps Day Austin speaker dinner? No. No, not, I mean, I, are, I already need to re- badly finish and then rehearse my talk, and I may not end up doing that. So I'm just like not, I, I, I got, I'm going to stay with the family. Because then I'm going to stay out like Monday night at DevOps Days Austin. Or, or let, me, let me correct that. I'm, gonna, I'm going to not get home until the kids are asleep. So like I'm already not going to do that on Sunday. So you're coming then, for, for the chef happy hour Monday night. That's what I'm here. Yeah. Chef happy hour. I'm all, I'm all about it. I hear public cloud and chef are like, uh, it's like uh, ice cubes and bourbon. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, yeah. And then, I to, and then just uh, I'm going to the Agile and Beyond conference to speak in Ypsilanti, uh, Michigan, right outside of Ann Arbor at the wow. end of the week. So that is the reason I'm not going to uh, the Brazilian barbecue Sunday night for DevOps Days Austin. We'll miss you. Uh, I will eat vegetables in your honor. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the uh, I forget what they called it. They called it something euphemistic at Fago de Chao, like the marketplace or something. But the buffet that they have, it was very impressive. It was, uh, it was, it was even more impressive than a European hotel breakfast buffet, which I, I hold in high regard. You know, you go, they, got, they got all sorts of stuff on there. You got your cheeses, your lunch meats. So, so, so back to OpenStack, <laughs> but you're oh, starting yeah. to go off on your tangent there. <laughs> Uh, what, what was doing exciting? I know you gave a talk. How'd that yeah, work? What's the mood, Cote? Give us, uh, I want to where are we at on, uh, in the hype cycle? Well, you know, it's funny you should ask that question, Brandon. <laughs> I made myself pause there. Just it's it's not funny at all. It's actually entirely predictable. But I like on. that you're in the same room. I, I like that. That's nice. It's a, it's a good, good room that you're in there. Uh, but <laughs> I'm starting to sound like Donald Trump. I've, I've got a lot of friends. I've got lots of friends. The OpenStack world, they love me. They love me in OpenStack. Anyways, uh, 
I had I, I moderated a panel on uh, developer relations and marketing, which I, I think went pretty well, thanks to the panelists on there. Uh, and we we even had uh, I didn't say this at the time, but I abhor audience questions in whatever format. <laughs> Um, more panels, please. Yeah. And, 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 but the, we had four questions and they were all questions that I would have appreciated seeing asked and answered. So, uh, congrats to everyone all around. Although my buddy, Alex Williams, no show. I don't know what happened, but, um, uh, he had uh, a deadline he had to file for. Well, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll repost our <laughs> podcast and, uh, make up for it. Yes. Yeah, he, you know what he always does? He always, uh, he makes our R-rated titles G-rated. Him and, him and the staff over there. <laughs> That's how we trick them. We, we tone down the titles, and then we get them with a big F. Yeah. Yeah, They're just like, I thought this was going to be about deodorant, but it's really just about fuck. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> and there's, we're, we're just, we're just trying to get this uh, show. We're yeah. just trying to get Matt Ray just trained up on the lingo. The All right, back Kote. Tell me where the open stack. So someone asked. Should we care? Should we care about it? Do we still love so, it? Someone, someone had brought up the hype cycle and how you can use that to figure out how to talk to developers, which is uh, this guy, Brandon Hayes, at the front side. And so that, that brought the hype cycle into the room, as it okay. were. That's cool. And so someone, someone asked. They said, where do you think OpenStack is in the hype cycle? And my answer, uh, I kind of forget what the answer to the other people was. There'll be a recording, so you can look it up. My answer was like, I think it's, uh, I think it's emerging out of the trough of disillusionment. I think, I think there were inflated expectations a while ago, and there, were, there was a, a long time it was in the trough of disillusionment. There's, uh, there's a lot of people who still have bitter resentment who will always, uh, they'll always hate it. They'll always like remember Goldwater and just like be upset about that. And, and their net promoter scores. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, so you just got to kind of give up on, on those, those folks. It's not even a haters going to hate situation. It's just like they got burned, right? Like, as I am famous for saying, I remember I once had to lay off 11 people I didn't know because of OpenStack. So, you know, I can be a little upset about it sometimes. Uh, but I think, uh, I think it's fine. Like, it's, it's, in the, it's, it's almost in the plateau of productivity where no one really hates it and no one really likes it. It's like so, the comparison I made was it's like USB. No one's ever like fucking USB or like oh my god USB is awesome. USB with the fucking upside down plugs and yeah. well, well U- so, US, USB the 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 USB we all know was it two o or three o whatever just like straight up USB maybe the mini USB maybe the little one but not that one that's got that weird bump. All right, so Kote, to test your hypothesis here, then it would be uh-huh. you first need to look at the show floor. Like mm-hmm. if it's height of inflated expectations, is there's like it's way oversubscribed. There are all the major vendors have what amount to like small cities as like booths, and then there are like a million startups wrapping around. Sure. Then oh. trough of disillusionment is like major vendors have just small booths, a few startups just kind of hanging on, but you've heard of them before, but you're not impressed. And then plateau of productivity is sort of just that nice, like everybody knows each other. A couple major vendors have big booths. A lot of established smaller companies have, eking out solid businesses. So, where, how would you rate show floor? I I think I think that there were. Let me think. Probably were there, were there any startups that you didn't know? Uh, I don't think so. There there were like some weird Asian hardware companies that I'd never heard of. <laughs> um, but I think that's to be expected. I think they're at every show. Actually, yeah. there's always that group. Yeah, they're trying to like, I don't know. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I think they misread the brochure. <laughs> that's yeah. everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, to Brandon's point, I think, I think there is, yet, like, and I did say they're emerging in my defense. I think, I think there's another step down of booth sizes that needs to occur, but I did not see any booths that I thought that is too lavish, right? Okay. The, the, there, were, there were what I would call medium-sized booths, right? So there were, like, um, IBM, uh, Marantis, Cisco... Not even Dell. Dell had like a small medium, like a, a, a mid-sized booth. But like there were a few booths that were like like triple wides, if you will, right? right. So if you can imagine, the normal thing is like a, a table, right? Like yeah. a table size thing. And there were some that were maybe like three table widths long, but not that many, not that many. Right. Okay, and, and then what about the talks? I think Plateau of Productivity is a lot of people talking about like, yeah, we did this, it worked. A lot of like just kind of like, Bread and butter case studies. People are just like, okay, cool, that's cool. And then versus like somebody, and then of course, trough of uh, disillusionment is like nothing's ever going to work. And then inflated <laughs> expectations is like this thing will cure every disease that has ever been built. IT has been fundamentally reinvented. With that, well, now I, like that, we're like, you're like, oh my god. I gotta get now I I didn't actually go to any talks except my own. <laughs> but I notion of a plateau of productivity thing because yes. you're like I've heard all of this, so but I do have this printout. This is Thursday's talks right here, okay. and, then, and then a little bit on the back. So okay, That's and it was, they, they basically I think I think they filled the whole convention center. Like they even went all the way down to the the south side of it, right? Like yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, there's if I look at this, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of just like meat and potato stuff here. All right. So it seems like, you know, based on this uh, very thorough examination of the evidence, we I think we'd have to say you're pretty much right that they're emerging from trough of disillusionment, finding that plateau of productivity. Or yeah. Well, yeah. well other way. I mean, I, I, I met with, uh, so I was downtown for a while, um, kind of working the, the sidewalk track and uh, talking with the bank uh, who was there. And uh, the guy was like, yeah, the talks are all about networking for telecoms and you know, OpenStack to me is kind of boring, but, you know, we're just going to get it from Red Hat and it'll be fine. And it's like, that sounds so... Well, that and I actually forgot our number one leading indicator was Matt Ray didn't even go to this, which tells you right away, right away, <laughs> Yeah, he, it is boring. It is like... No, no, is, no, 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 no. Too many normal people cannot... have shown up. No, let me finish. Too many normal people have shown up. <laughs> The club has been broken into. It's no longer this elite group no, of technologists no. changing the world. Mallory's like, I don't even have time because I don't even have to travel. I'm not even going to bother to go. So that shows us we're, we could be in laggard stage. Like, no, I mean, we're no, plateau no. productivity, I, but we could be down the hill. I can assure you, my presence at a conference does not indicate that it is a, a oh, sexy place yes. to be. It not, it's not oh, an exciting it, place to be. It indicates. But if you look at where I've been. If you look at where I've been, uh, you know, Google Next, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had an IBM conference earlier this year. Uh, oh, you were there, Brandon. <laughs> I was. We had a good time. Actually, I, I think, I think, I think buy me dinner, and I couldn't let you do that. So. What Matt Ray is saying is that he has achieved the plateau of productivity. That's true. That may be what it is. <laughs> I have achieved. Uh, I, I go to conferences when I know I have work to do there. Um, and mm. you know, I was, uh, I had some conflicting stuff, some sales meetings this week and, uh, I uh, did not get a chance to go to OpenStack. I, you know, I sent, uh, one of the guys on my team went, you know, can I make a request, Matt, right? The yes. next uh, show, would you put on a blue blazer for me? 
I just like to see you in a blue blazer during, during the next show. The first show from Australia, you must wear a blue blazer. You, you know what I did this morning after uh, after going and talking to uh, some some customers and stuff. Came home chase clothes. I went and shopped for a suit downtown. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that will be the inaugural episode from Australia. You need to be in a minimum blue blazer. If you can go the whole suit, that would be great too. There are a lot of banks in, in Australia. There yeah. is, and they do. They do dress nice there. So yeah. I've heard. <laughs> yep. So uh so yeah, I it's a business. Experience. Okay, who who else was at OpenStack? I, I saw like the uh, obliv- uh the obligatory tweets like us uh, Red Monk guys were there, right? Didn't wasn't there some Red Monk news? Like somebody's joining or something? Oh yeah, they they, yeah. they hired a new analyst. I was just reading about that as as we were recording, did, so I, did I don't you, know. Uh, meet meet the new analyst? We, no, uh, there was there was uh there was Stephen O'Grady was there and Donnie. Johnny Burkholz. So I, uh, well, he's, he's not a there. Four five he's one. He's four fifty one. He's following the coach career path. I yes, yes. Right? It's the, 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 the stake pivotal. is infecting my memories. Any uh, any moment now, he'll be leaving four fifty one for pivotal. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, or Dell first. Oh. <laughs> I, don't know. He, I think he can skip that stuff. <laughs> well, soon yeah. they'll be the same. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I mean, also just just to close out, there, my old buddies at four five one, they had some market estimates for open tech. They oh, said, I love uh, this. this is my favorite part. This oh, year, $1.2 billion. Dollars. Oh. Estimated 2018, $3.37 billion. And I think that is private and public. Is that, is, are those estimates higher than the last uh, report they issued or lower? You know, I didn't those look at I don't up. follow it day to day like me. No, so, no. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't look those dimensions up. Okay. So I, I think the numbers that I, I'd seen for... You know everything that they call public cloud right about now is what twenty three billion. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean a, a lot of that estimate for the OpenStack market sizing is just rack space. That's what I was gonna say. Was rack space there? I mean, this is kind of their hometown, not really. I know yeah, rack space was there. Not, were yeah. they? Uh, and they always have a, a lot of love for OpenStack. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. So it was a nice conference. I liked it. I'll, I'll, I'll have to uh, whenever the video of the panel gets posted. It was, it was a nice discussion. There was. Uh, there were a few insights I hadn't thought of, so I found Good. it Good. So also, speaking of, uh, speaking of, of hype cycles, I, I read through the, this Docker survey that came out recently. Boom. It was fun stuff. They had uh, they have 511 respondents. 59% were from software companies. And then 56% were from orgs less than 100 employees. And 47% of them categorized themselves as devs or developer managers. So it's sort of, uh, you know, it's a, it's, 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 uh, I wouldn't say representative of the general population, but there were, there were nonetheless interesting uh, things in there. So what's the headline? Developers love Docker? Is that kind of the way we'd say it? I think, you know, if I were going to boil it down, uh, like what would I like the most out of it? Uh, there, there was one figure that uh, the, the, the respondent said that they had uh, increased their frequency of software release by 13x, which sounds lucky. Whoa. And, and uh, I, I, think, I think there's also, uh, you know, what, what I liked about it, so given the demographics, like it's a little hard to say it's representative of the, of the market, right? Like this is, this is a small slice of, of general population in the world. Yep. So it's, it's, it's useful to see what their sentiment and their plans are and, and what they're doing. And, and one thing that I thought was uh, interesting, not because I agree or disagree with it, but like, um, like 43% of them said that they were planning to move legacy apps to microservices, 
And they were like looking for Docker to help them out with that, which, Gosh. which that's interesting. Like, you know, it's because that's a, uh, oh, speaking of like that, that talk that I need to practice more. Ouch. That's like, that's like the big, the big next, uh, problem when it comes to like DevOps and cloud native and all this stuff is like, that's like, yeah, that's like consulting gold mine. Is it like a white paper? Has some, there must be like a thousand white papers on this. Legacy app. No, like, you need yeah. to rewrite that stuff so you're cloud native and uh, you know, buy our services. That's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> and awesome. they had another one that what the, the impact for developers was. Sixty-five percent said the and I'm quoting this, eliminate the quote works on my machine. Oh, so that sounds good. Okay. Faster developer onboarding, increased release good. cycles. You know, just so it's it's having the intended effects it's there and then uh the last one there's another chart that's like ranks what they're what they want out of a platform that had some interesting stuff in it it's basically like you know i want it to do everything does it say anything about orchestration uh you know i don't there might have been i did i don't remember that part i'm sure that was in there somewhere but but the, the other part you know at a meta layer the other part that was interesting to read it was uh how how Docker positions itself and and the um, the markety speak that they they're sort of aligning themselves to, which is basically you know uh, you need faster newer ways of doing uh, development and cloud stuff and all of that. So there's a pretty pretty direct line uh, from at least in this this survey that's the copy that's in there to that, and they have uh, they thoroughly quote uh, James Governor over at Redmonk who said <laughs> something about you know Docker being awesome. So no. that's, that's actually showed up in a few of their email newsletter spam things recently. And uh, so, you know, what analysts are for PDFs if yeah. you're an analyst. So, so where did they get their respondents? Uh, I didn't read about that part. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming it's a lot of like a lot of these things is they just, um, I, I learned this from, from watching a lot of how they do the DevOps thing. And there's some methodology called like rolling snowball or something which basically amounts to viral spread in social media. Okay. Like you just like you, you just go out to all the people you know and you say, you should tell people to go fill out this survey. And so there's, there's like some kind of, I, I don't know the technical term for all this. I'm sure there's some sort of bias of like, you know, if you went out and talked to all your liberal friends, it turns out people <laughs> like liberal things uh, yeah. or, or whatever. But I, I, think, I think given this stuff, it's, I mean, I don't really know what else you could do survey stuff in the past like the methodologies are equally not too awesome right like and, until until you, you you survey like tens of thousands of people like i don't know yeah yeah i mean because i've got some anecdotal data <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i was up in up in uh the lovely dfw metroplex talking with uh you know big companies around there and uh after like the third customer we went and talked to, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how salespeople work. And I, I like turned to the SA and I was like, nobody ever said Docker in that meeting. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh yeah, nobody ever asked about that. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it'll get there undoubtedly, but uh, it's, it's that whole, you know, how can people ask about Docker when they're still trying to get off of Red Hat 5, right? Yeah, yeah. Forty-three percent legacy app, yeah, microservices. Yeah, no, I'm in there like, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, it works on AIX. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah uh what else is going on what sorry my my dog you know what happens is the dog really wants to come into the room and then about 10 minutes into the call the dog wants out and then and then i get that dog slime on my hand because i have to pet her the whole time it's terrible. It's a, it's a rough life I'm living. Well, you know, I ran into uh, several people at the conference who, who were listeners, uh, yeah. particularly. There was a, a, a fellow from Brazil who liked the show, so that's nice. Whoa, we're big in Brazil. He came, came all the way up for some open stack and uh, came over and said hello and some other people, so, so that's nice. All the stuff is, And I also, uh, as, as some other feedback, uh, I was there helping out at the Cloud Foundry Foundation, the CFF yeah. table. So I was next to one of the uh, the people who works there, and I asked her to look up the little promo code I have for going to the Cloud Foundry Foundation, and she said two people had used it. Boom! So how about that CPM, Brandon? Is that is that uh, are we going to take over now? Is that is that what we need? I think, I think we have plenty of runway ahead of us. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have numbers, and we will grow at a huge percentage. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know. Two over about twelve hundred is a pretty good CPM rate, right? Yeah. Is that the, yeah. Well, was there some Cloud Foundry news? Wasn't someone like appointed or something? Uh, well, they have a fellowship program, and someone. That's what, I was used to what does that even mean? How, it's what, it's basically like uh, if I'm a fellow, what can I do? It's you know you've got you've got the Cloud Foundry Foundation, and uh, it's Abby Kearns is her name, and she she's yeah. over there. I think it's for like three or six months. I forget how many months, and she's she's basically still a pivotal employee, but she's like on loan. It's like it's like when the military people go and work for NATO. Oh, my dad did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're, you know, they're working on uh, community-related stuff. And I, th- I think she's going to help out with, like, um, uh, like, marketing and messaging stuff. Not like the PR type of marketing and messaging and, and talking more with analysts. Just, you know, the, as you do, raising the profile of stuff and, and doing the work. You always need more help with the marketing. Well, good for her. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there was some other, you know, we got the Cloud Foundry found Summit coming up uh, next month. will be stuff then. So speaking of that, you, 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 uh, Matt Ray, you know, you are not usually one who like scours the barons financially, <laughs> but it, but it looks, it looks like you finally found the figures of private versus public cloud adoption. Now, is this, is this, is this part of your new sales tactics that you're looking these things up? Which, which, uh, what are you referring to? It says, it says CIO's report. Now, not just 16%, but 16.2% of workloads are currently running in public cloud. <laughs> in five years, not only 41%, but 41.3% of workloads will run in public cloud. <laughs> I love people who deal in CAGRs outside of like investments because like what, why? Like this suggests at least a 20% CAGR in public cloud work growth. Check out those CAGRs. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know where I got those numbers. This is sort of just like a pastiche of topics here at this point. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I, always, I always like finding these numbers of estimating how much on-premise versus public cloud stuff uh, is out there. Because I think, I, think uh, I think over the next couple of years, that's going to be the big question. Is, like, is, is private cloud real? So, so I, I, when I was up in Dallas, I actually gave a talk on, on kind of that where um, I was told, you know, hey, we're having this, this customer event and uh, uh, we want you to talk about, we want you to tell people why they should move to the public cloud. <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I guess I can give that talk. Um, so, uh, so I gave that talk and, uh, you know, essentially it was like, well, public cloud people are, you know, 
you got your OPEX and your CAPEX, you're going to save money and they're going to keep dropping their prices. And, uh, and if you complain about security, man, they've got hundreds of security people working there. How many do you have? And, you yeah. know, and if you've got good people, they're going to get hired away. Um, so just, <laughs> give <up. laughs> just give in, give in. And, and, and the, the funny thing is like, you know, three or four years ago, I gave a talk like, well, you got to watch out for that public cloud. You don't know what's going to happen up there. <laughs> and now I'm like, just give in. <laughs> how, how, how did, how did it go over? How was the talk? Nobody argued. <laughs> I think, you know, it was kind of like, like, well, you know, you can, you can build up a good public, you know, private cloud staff and, uh, you know, but then somebody like, uh, you know, Comcast lost their entire team to, uh, Walmart and, uh, AT&T lost their whole team to Cisco. You know, people are just hiring away teams these days. Um, I saw, uh, who was it? Um, was it Airbnb? Somebody, somebody is now has a recruiting thing so you can, you know, they're trying to hire away teams. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that on, on, uh, the Twitters and I was like, <laughs> you got a dog in your face. <laughs> um, you know, it was just like, wow, you gotta, you know, really like your coworkers. And you're like, Hey, you know what? The five of us, let's, let's go. Yeah. Hey, because then you can just drop them in and they start working. Right. Well, you know, it seems to like shortcut the whole process because it does seem, you know, as the old saying, uh, software developers travel in packs. It's like you hire one and then it slowly oh, trickles. So, like, why not just make it more efficient, you know? We did it at Xenos. Just provision everyone, reprovision everyone to the new company. It's just faster that way. Wait, so, so, so what do you see day to day, Brandon, with the public cloud versus private cloud? You're, you're in a different part of the, the stack. Like, what's the sentiment you encounter all the time? I think, I mean, you know, the number is actually kind of interesting because, what did you say, 16% and some decimal rate? So, that, so, you know, the power of math, 84% of things are still out there in whatever, on-premise, private cloud. And it's like, yeah, no, that's definitely a world I see a lot more of. Just in, And I think that's kind of an interesting question. It's like, when, do, um, when does public cloud go over 50%? Like, is that? five years away, 10 years away. And I, I don't know. I think that's why I just, like I hear these numbers. It's just, the reality is like, hey, all this stuff is on-premise. It's going to be here for a long time. No doubt there's going to be a lot of growth in public cloud. Um, so I don't know why it's so interesting to people, like the growth rates. I guess it's just, if you're interested in something that's faster growing, public cloud is going to be where it's at. If you're interested in larger numbers of revenue, private and on-premise is going to be where it's at for a while. So yeah. just like, what do you care about? Like what team are you on? Yeah, it, it, it seems analogous to like electric cars and combustion cars, where it's sort of like all the stuff for the new way is here. And as Matt Ray just eludicated, it's kind of fine. And yet, like, you know, you're probably going to buy a gas car for your next car. Like, like it's just hard to uh, buy into the thing. Yeah, but you still had, what, 300,000 people want to buy a, a new Tesla? Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you call it, Brandon? The magic of math? That's how math works. The magic of math. Right, but it's, it's, I think it's, like, also, you know, like, the Apple thing is always interesting because Apple, you know, um, re uh, reported their first, whatever, decline in revenue, I think, in, like, 10, 10 years or something. And it was, like, 
it's like still an incredibly i always think it's just interesting the headlines people are like i think there's some apple backlash people are kind of glad like thank god these apple people you know experienced some kind of uh decline even though it's and then you look at the absolute numbers you're like it's like is this billions it's like oh my god this is billions of dollars <laughs> like, I, like this business is going to be so what are you people complaining about <laughs> the next 10 years right it's like but then you know people want to say well amazon which doesn't have a profits but they grow it's so i don't know it's just weird like what do we want as an industry what does everyone i guess if you're in the startup world you want growth and you want this huge premium i think if you're a larger company, you just want a really profitable company. And I don't know, it's just, it is kind of like teams. It's just, I just see this every day where people want to like get excited about one team or the other, where it's like, it's all just the same facts. Yeah, I, I've, I've been reading that, uh, how do you say his name? Dan Lines, Loins, like that uh, disrupted book about him working at HubSpot. He was the guy who was fake Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm about two thirds through it. And it's like, it's like a mixture of like, uh, I don't know, gleeful naivete with like tech writing and the usual like, what's up with companies that don't make profit? Right? <laughs> but but it's, it's also, it's, it's kind of refreshing to read like a, 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 a professed pseudo outsider kind of like old guy. I mean, he is an old white guy take on it, which is like, I don't understand why all these people are so happy. Right. And, and like, and like, like he, he has this really vicious chapter about uh, Salesforce and Mark Vinioff, where he's just like kind of ripping at them and, you know, making them into a cultic figure and points out they'd never made any profit. And like, it, it's, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good uh, dark take of, of a lot of what you're just talking about, Brandon, where it's like, I don't understand how this system works. Like what? Not, not even, not even from the vantage point of what's the end goal, but just day to day, what the hell is going on here? Like how did the, what motivates these people and how do they operate? And, and how do you like, it's not even a reality distortion fear. It's just the weird, like uh, as people would say bubble where, where people operate in. And, and it's uh yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's depressing. Another uh, article this week that I just, that I just again saw this and it was um, talking about the Apple watch. Right. And so somebody was commenting and like, so now it's become kind of just common for people to write about how the Apple watch is a failure and, you know, list out the things it doesn't do. It's like, okay, fine. Like I, We've all read a lot of those articles. So this article took a different slant and just basically made the point, like, it's just about perspective. And so they said, okay, Rolex, which you know, I think everyone realizes that's a luxury rock watch band, uh, watchmaker, they did $4.5 billion in revenue last year. So right. uh, the Apple Watch uh, did $6 billion in revenue last year, right? Yeah. Estimate. Of course, it's not, you know, broken out. So, so when compared that way, a if we didn't know it was Apple, we'd say this company has come in and, you know, basically taken over sixty percent of the market share of luxury watches overnight. Say. Overnight, and you're like, wow, that's incredible. But then when you compare that same thing to the iPhone, you're like, this thing, it's like a rounding error. It doesn't even matter. Right. And you know, I get it. Like, I guess to me, it's just interesting. It is just about perspective, right? Like whatever perspective you want. And then, and then really those two numbers just provide the narrative that either you're predisposed to write. Like if you want to write that Apple is failing or the Apple watch is a failure, you use the iPhone. If you want to watch, if you want to believe it's the next greatest thing, you use Rolex and a few other statistics. And it's, 
and again, it's just like I guess that old adage, like all you know, everything in life is just about perspective. And I think all this stuff, totally. Amazon and uh, uh, Dell and IBM and the startups, it's like it just picks. If you adjust your perspective, you can say whatever you want. But again, the facts are the thing. I'm I'm gonna have to go spinal tap on that one. <laughs> just too much fucking perspective. <laughs> too much perspective. Too much. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think in a in a tangential way it. Uh, you know, I, I I was I it's it's I think it's like the like a the Cisco community podcast. I I was I was on that uh, or recorded a thing of that when I was at the OpenStack Summit, and uh, for some reason we got to talking about like Dell and and um, like. You know, you know, I was going over like when I was in strategy, I ended up working with like, you know, investment bankers and MBAs. And I was talking about how that was, uh, you know, my old joke about the people I've been avoiding all my life. And but but they do like it relates to something, something we talk about frequently here, which is sort of like, how does finance work? And specifically, like, how does valuation work? And that's. That's the thing that like those MBA iBanker people, like that's what, that's pretty much, they do two things other than as they say, arts and crafts to make your Excel and PowerPoint look really good. But uh, so the other two things they do is they put a valuation on something, which as it turns out is really hard to figure out what something is worth before it is paid for. And then they do all the negotiating to get something paid for, right? They, they're salespeople or negotiators, if you will. But if you go back to the valuation thing, like I, I always figure a lot of the uh, ups and down of, of Apple stuff, like if, if our buddy Ed was here, he would say, well, you know, the, because uh, that's how he talks. Like, the reason, uh, the reason it, it's disappointing is because everyone had baked into the valuation number, the share price expectations about what revenue was going to be. And so if they don't meet those revenue expectations, then their models were wrong and therefore the share price has to adjust itself, right? Which if you think about that is kind of crazy in the sense of you're getting punished because people were wrong about predicting how much you were going to sell, but you yeah. still sold a butt ton, <laughs> right? Yeah, but Whereas, and, and, then so, and then so the other side of that is, I, and, and you see with providing guidance and stuff is like a company has to very carefully like, lower expectations or like somehow control them. So, I mean, after a while, it's just a vicious cycle of everyone gets what they deserve, right? Like, you know, all the millionaires and billionaires on both sides just cry into their Chablis that night as they're, they're always trying. <laughs> and, and nobody right. knows how Salesforce bought such a big building. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but it is like, like it's like every time but, I look at stuff like, that, like okay. it's a weird it's 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 almost like fake stuff like it's value that didn't exist in the first place yes. right so I think you're hitting on like the key thing it's like I don't think there's anything wrong with a group of people trying I mean it, it makes total sense a group of people trying to value something right that makes total sense and then getting new information and deciding that was either right or wrong and then making some new assumptions going from it what I think is interesting is the like, like again, the teams that like emerge out of it. It becomes like a sporting event, an emotional thing versus like, like a very logical yeah. way to be like, hey, we made some assumptions. We thought this was going to happen. It did or did not happen. Um, now we have some new information. And, you know, we think next quarter it's going to do this. Like, but there's no reason to be like, okay peak apple has now happened or like this is the greatest time to buy apple because the watch market is going to like explode it's like wait a minute whoa like you just got a new number right like it's i wouldn't think anything can change it 
your you know the, your next two year outlook just on one number, but but you see it, and then again the yeah. news wants to um, present it, and like maybe that makes the the nightly news or national news, and then it just creates these crazy things, and it's like that's yeah. the part I don't get. It's just it's just sort of like wow, like this is way out of proportion, and the responses are way out of proportion to just one data point. Well, yeah. and 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 so many of the executives are are compensated on you know the jiggling of the stock. Which makes them make absolutely all sorts of, right. It you makes know, it even more yeah. worse. And you know they make short-term decisions rather than you know while they're trying to make a nice stable company, like you know SAP. <laughs> well, and I think I don't know for everyone who listens onto these these podcasts. I think you know maybe it's developers, maybe it's some marketing people, and maybe it's just some people that are bored. But I do think in your own life, you probably see it in two places. Like if you're on the development side, it's like these moments, these kind of numbers often end up shaking up a roadmap. Like you had this like nice roadmap, maybe you had this longer period of time to build it. And then someone walks in and is like, in two weeks, we're launching this no matter what. And you're like, what happened? Right. And I think on the marketing side, like usually this quarterly business review or something like one day, everything's okay. You're cruising along. The next day is everything needs to change. And you're like, it's just a number, right? It was all about perspective. <laughs> Like if we just think back, like why did we believe that number and do we really need to cascade all these changes across the entire organization because it's one number or will it just create a lot of, and I just see it, I mean, I see it over and over in multiple roles and multiple companies. So maybe it is just human nature. Yep. Well, well you know, we, we have some, uh, we, we're uh, speaking of snowballs. We, we, we've gotten even more feedback. Let me, let me just go over some. And also we had a little experiment last time speaking of, uh, working a plan to numbers, as it were. So first of all... So should we I, get outrageously upset or extremely excited no matter what you say? Uh, yes. Okay, got it. You could, and, and this could be an or in the sense that you could do both. It doesn't well, have to be an better. XOR. We can simultaneously be happy but sad. I love it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, just whatever drugs you need. But <laughs> so I, 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 uh, I recommended Old Bay Seasoning last time. <laughs> Remind me of something that I, I had I had not uh, our, our buddy the full snack developer one of the best turns uh, of phrases ever he recommended putting old bay seasoning on French fries which yes I think I've had that once and that just I mean you're from Baltimore so you're probably like ah they play, when you're born they don't slap your butt they just give you some old bay seasoning to clear your your esophageal system <laughs> that a two, two clarifications I'm not from Baltimore Maryland's a bigger state than one city so I, are you sure I know no one from Texas will learn that uh, it's, from, it's, from it's, Annapolis the yes, other city old bay, uh, on French fries is good now now isn't now now Maryland is the one that's like right next to New York right. right. I mean, I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not. I'm not. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is why people hate Texans, right? This is why, this, this is why everyone hates Texas. Go on. <sighs> I say that as someone who lives in Austin and likes it, but again, these, these people in Texas are crazy. For everyone else, I've been down here. I've met a lot of them. It's a good place, but there's a lot of crazy people. To know. Yeah, yeah that's here. true. So Annapolis, do they have Old Bay seasoning there? They do. They have quite a bit, and the new yeah. academy. And and another 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 tip for my fellow Texans: when they say lobster roll, what they mean is a lobster sandwich. There is no there's no roll involved. Yes, like there's there's no roll. There's no roll. No, that's I, really I, more Boston. Yeah, well, that's again we're changing you know geography. But, but you got them all so over there. In Texas, right? it's all the same. But again, that's the wait wait wait. Uh, are, are lobster rolls <laughs> yeah. hot or cold? <laughs> 
they're hot. Hopefully, they're hot. <laughs> if they're if they're cold, I don't know if I would eat that. Okay, know. okay. So so if we if we were in this, the state kind of, of lobster thing, then if we were in the state of Maryland, what is the cuisine we would be eating? We would be having crabs. We'd have crabs, crabs with all day. Crabs with all day. Okay, so I, I got that right. The French fries, and we could dip the French fries in the hot butter in mm. all day. To one, make sure we have a really high calorie meal, and two, it's really good. This is why healthcare is such a big industry in the Northeast. Yes, this is true. One of the reasons. <laughs> Anyhow, put Old Bay seasoning on your French fries when you're trying to figure out what the fuck the difference between Annapolis and, and Baltimore is. Oh. It's <laughs> we, I know we have we have listeners there. I'm just saying. I yeah, I know we have listeners there, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> so so. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same that, like, you know, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston, basically the same thing. Pretty much. I mean, we can all agree. On that. We are losing the mid-Atlantic listenership right now. These li- yeah. listeners are leaving in droves. <laughs> we can say so more also, I put about some, Obey. <laughs> I, 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 put, I put chapter markers in the last episode. Did wow. either of you see that? Did, I did. Yeah. You, uh, yeah if you're using Overcast, it's very nice. So I got a, I've got a lot to say about that, but I'll keep it brief. One. I, I tried to put chapters in using Fission, a great audio editor from Rogue Amoeba, and I'm sure it was user error, which is to say it didn't work very well. Right? Like I, 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 it, it, it managed to chop it up, but then it used the title of the podcast for each chapter thing. So then I got this application called the uh, Chapters app, and, and I, I paid $20 for it because, Whoa. you know, because I don't, you know, lobster rolls or something. There goes and, the profits. Yeah. This business, Done. The business models for this year is not going well, folks. We're going to have to tell the street. Negative cagger. Gone. <laughs> but but that, that basically worked. But I noticed that uh, while most of the chapters worked, some of them were a little off. So if, if you were like, and it worked perfectly in the chapters app, but then when you finally get the MP3 and overcast, like when you go to the chapters, it's a little funky. So... I don't know. I, I can't really tell if that was a good idea or not. It was, it was, uh, it was fine. Uh, and uh, let's see. We also should be in the Google Play Store now. Someone needs Woo-hoo! to verify. That's, uh, that's, that's the feedback that I got. And there was, there was, uh, there was some suggestion that, uh, that Mesosphere is like fleet management, to use our auto uh, metaphor. So I don't really even remember that part. I need to go back and listen to the <laughs> we, we talked about that? Yeah, we were talking about how like is mesosphere like cars versus fleets of cars. Oh yeah, yeah, that was all sorts of things like that. That was that that, that, was, that was that was a big conversation topic in in the uh, I don't know if I would call it the sideway conference that Matt Ray was having, but the, the hallway con is there was lots of talk about like like uh, what what's going on with the competition in this space? Who who does what? Who do you compete with? And who competes yeah. with them? It was, uh, huh? was interesting. It wasn't sorted out in the Docker survey. Uh, yes. 46% <laughs> moving legacy laps to microservices. Uh-huh. So, Brandon, who is from Annapolis, what is your pick for this week, your recommendation? Well, picking up on my discussion of the Apple Watch, I was going to say, I've had an Apple Watch, and I'm going to spare everyone the review of it's good or bad. I'll just tell you that I do like it to use it to work out. I like to like track what I'm doing, and it works better with a heart rate monitor. And I just bought one from Wahoo Fitness. It's the ticker, which is T-I-C-K-R. I guess they lost the E. They couldn't pay for the E in the trademark. <laughs> But uh, if you want a uh, Bluetooth and um, 
heart rate monitor, and it also has the other uh, wireless protocol, which name escapes me now. But it will definitely work with Apple Watch. It's cool if you want to see, uh, you know, how many calories you're burning, what your heart rate is, how hard you're working, um, and I'm sure it works with other Bluetooth devices as well. But I like it, so you know, it's good. It. So you, you know, I can dip ten of these friends instead of just five. Exactly. When you're running in Annapolis, yes. the naval base, and you want yeah. to know how many French fries you can, you can count it up. See, there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> how about yourself, Matt? What do you, what do you recommend this week? Uh, I don't really have a, a, a... I had a lot of negative, negative experiences this week. Um, right now, how about an anti-recommendation? Give an us an anti-recommendation. Um. He doesn't even have that. He's like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to Australia. I'm leaving. Got a little bit of senioritis here. Yeah, there, there's a bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Matt Ray's recommendation: public cloud. I think you know, recommends we're, public cloud. Don't you want to make a comment about running your house out? Something like Matt Ray, like, don't do it, or isn't that? Well, that 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 goes with my recommendation of um, sometimes if you ask for if you ask for something, you'll get it but it'll come with a ton of stress so uh yes i'm uh, any listeners want to rent my house <laughs> oh wow that's gonna go downhill right there <laughs> that, that would really that would our great. cpm i'd like to say don't put matt ray's uh the url for his uh, house listing in this that could go somewhere. that could go yeah contact me directly <laughs> yes contact directly a, a, a very important qualification process needs to happen before you can uh, discuss that yeah um i, I mean I, I did have a uh a fairly pleasant encounter with uh booking my flight on Qantas. um oh. so you know we always like to talk about airlines I, I i sorted the the uh the matrix mystery of how to use your uh american status on Qantas. so uh, yeah because they're they're one world partners, but you can't book one. You can't pick your seat from the other. It's the worst. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I hate that. That's no good. Yeah, because you've flown that BA flight, right? <sighs> yeah, and hey, you got to be careful. I, I would like to offer a tip to the listeners. This is how you do it. If you want, if you, if and maybe Matt ready for this out. But even if you don't get it on the website, call the airline that you booked. So if you booked American, you're flying British, and but be very succinct. Act like you know what you're doing and say the following question. Hey, I need the record locator for the British Airways or whatever, the actual um, uh, airline you're going. I need the record locator of the airline that I'm flying uh, and just say it just like that. And they'll just give it to you right away because they just think you know what you're doing. And then at that point, you can get in there and do whatever you want um, with the actual people that are flying the plane. <laughs> uh, That's nice. If, if you book on the One World Partner, it shows up on the American side. If you book on the American side, it doesn't show up on the other side. Ooh, Americans. So, yeah. And also on that BA flight, there's that total bullshit exit row seat. You know that one, Matt Ray? Where like, yeah. unless, unless you go look up on Seat Guru and read that like, and I remember this, do- I, I, I've been lucky enough <laughs> not to have it, but it's like the exit door, like, like it's got some sort of tumor in it, like goes right in front of you. Yes. I hate those fake exits. Yeah, and they're like, you know, toilet spillage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst seat what is ever. it? Pro- proximity to laboratory may be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, my recommendation this week, I don't know how I came across this, but I'll put a link to it. But there's a, someone spent a lot of time doing some animated gifts of, of uh, Randy Savage, the Macho Man. And, and there's just these little clips uh, from him. And my favorite one is like, 
Hulk Hogan goes up to him to shake his hand and he holds out his hand and, and then Randy, like he, remember, I forgot he did this, but he would do that thing where he like really slowly brings down his hand to shake it. And uh, there's just all sorts of good memories in there <laughs> got from back in the eighties. Good old, good old macho man. Load up the so, show notes. There's about, there's about like eight animated gifts in there. You can go explore for, to, to your delight. Well, as always, thanks for listening. This has been software to find talk. Uh, we, which you can find at softwaredefinedtalk.org. You can uh, get the show notes also by going there, but you can go to kote.io slash SDT61. You know, and uh, I'll probably still have a lot of meat in my brain uh, when I'm typing up the show notes. So you can spot some typos. But, you know, among other things, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, I've got a lot of promo codes for conferences you can go to. DevOps Day Seattle and DevOps Days Minneapolis. And uh, we'll have some more discounts that you can get like 15, 10, 20% off various ones. If you use those codes, you can go look up. And if you want to go to the Cloud Foundry Foundation Summit uh, next month, I'll be there. You can come say, hello. Uh, you can use the code CF16COTE, C-O-T, to register. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. But uh, you know, until next week, we won't see you. All right, then.